Thanks for tuning in to After Dark with Robin Andrew. It's just available on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel, along with streaming on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please be sure to search for America Out Loud. In addition to that, we're available on AmericaOutloud.news, which has thousands of podcasts and articles updated daily and we always appreciate it when you share 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 on social media got a packed show for you guys tonight uh definitely a lot going on in the presidential race coming up in 2024 president trump has yet to make his vice president selection um obviously there's a lot of good candidates out there to choose from Uh, we've got people like sarah Sanders, tulsi gabbard christy gnome vivek ramaswamy ron desantis uh, there's just so many good candidates out there, but are these the type of people that you want as vice president? Who should Trump pick? Who would help him win in November? But with President Trump, to me, he's kind of a different breed because uh, he's so polarizing. I feel like people pretty much have got their main mind made up one way or the other. Who he picks as a vice president will not move the needle a lot for Trump either way. I think his base is pretty much already loyal to him, uh, regardless of who he chooses as a vice president. But nonetheless, you got to think whoever his vice president pick is could be the front runner in 2028 uh, to be president. So this is a very important choice. I know some people have said he should pick a woman like uh, Christy Nome, who's done a great job as South Dakota governor. Um, but you know, we don't want president Trump to do identity politics any more than the left does. So if that's a reason for picking her, it's not a good reason, but she's been very, uh, qualified as South Dakota governor. So she could be a choice. Uh, we've heard Sarah Sanders, uh, someone that I wouldn't be a big fan of is Tulsi Gabbard. I know, uh, that got a big ovation at CPAC, uh, that being asked if he would consider her and he said, sure. Uh, she was a Democrat just a couple of years ago. I'm not so sure she's the right person to be uh, putting the face of the party in her direction after 2024. Uh, we already know she wanted to be president because she ran as a Democrat as president of the United States. So, uh, Rob, what are your thoughts on Tulsi Gabbard as vice president before we get into some of these other names that President Trump has been juggling? Well, I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in tonight, and it's definitely a topic that has been out there at the forefront. It was the forefront when Trump ran in 2016. Who would he pick? And we know he ended up picking Mike Pence. I questioned it at the time because I didn't think that Mike Pence had the gravitas that was needed to come with the job, that he was going to be this like powerful force. But then when I thought about it, it's like Trump needs someone who's not going to try and overtake the stage or overtake his presence because Trump, as you said, has a larger-than-life personality. Trump is in itself a, a thing, a being that just sucks up all the energy out of the room. So then it's like, who could he get to complement that? Tulsi Gabbard, she's a Democrat. I know that as of lately, she's has appeared on a lot of conservative news outlets. She said a lot of good things. We agree or she agrees with a lot of our party platform. But at the end of the day, we still have to remember that she's a Democrat. And last I heard, I don't remember her saying that she's a Republican or conservative. Now, she could come out and say, I'm in the middle. 
Uh, we need someone who's in the middle. We need to look at both sides, take the good and, you know, a little of theirs, a little of ours. But this is about the Republican we want in the House, in the White House, not someone who doesn't, a, a party of no labels, because that could very easily happen. She gets in then says, I'm a party of no label. We can keep this thing going, build a momentum, and more people support her. And then there goes the Republican Party. So albeit she's a nice person, she speaks well, she has a command on the issues. I don't see her as the pick. I don't think he should pick her. She can be in the White House, but as far as being his second in command, I, I don't see it, Andrew. I would not, that's not a name that I would want to submit to Trump to pick as a as a running mate. And as you said, you know, we don't want to do like the Democrats just to pick a person simply because of identity politics. But when you take a step back, we've got to play the game the way they're playing it. We've got to take a page from their playbook. And I think we won't look at it as identity politics. We definitely, definitely need to get someone who's going to balance the ticket, be it a woman or a person of color. We've got to drive that home. Because this election is like no other election. And I think that after this election, no election will be the same like this election. I think that they will constantly evolve and constantly change. And the Republican Party has got to be at the forefront of that change. We have got to start dictating that change as opposed to trying to follow behind as we have been doing. We've missed so many different opportunities to control the narrative. Because we could have very easily controlled the narrative as far as you know diversifying our candidates when we saw we had more minorities coming into the party. But we kept pushing out, unfortunately, these old white men who, like Mitch McConnell, look at what he's doing. He's freezing up when he speaks. And then some of them are fighting within the party. Now, you take a Ron Johnson, and there was someone else whose name I was going to mention, who definitely share the party values. But they're at that age that they're going to be moving off the stage. So we've got to get someone else to put in that seat who has those ideas, who can push the party forward. And because we are a society of young people, we've got to look at that. How are we going to get that vote? Now, I'm not a fan of putting someone in simply because they're young, young and inexperienced. No, we can't. Uh, I, I don't know why, where this push is coming from someone who's young and, and inexperienced. Yeah, that's good. They have fresh ideas, but can they do the job? And that's the challenge. Yeah, yeah well said. One thing I'm certainly looking for is um, an anti-war candidate. I think that's what appeals uh, Tulsi Gabbard to a lot of people. For me, I would prefer Vivek if President Trump was going to go that route. But um I'm just so disgusted by all that funding that Ukraine just got recently. Uh, we just need someone that wants to go a different direction, doesn't take us into any war that they see. So uh, certainly that rules out someone like Nikki Haley for me. Uh, but yeah, that's a very important issue for me in 2024 is um, not getting into more wars and spending more American money on these wars. So uh, someone who's anti-war uh, I think it should be uh, one of President Trump's priorities to have as vice president. Definitely should be a priority anti-war. But if things continue the way they're going, whoever gets into the office will probably be in the middle of a war. 
because Biden has messed it up on all fronts. Yes. The media is not calling him out for what he's doing. They're making it seem as if though it's okay. And I would say to all these young voters who are supporting the Democrat ticket, you will be the ones going to war. And I don't care how many times you say, well, I'm not going to go. They will bring back the draft and your arses will be going to war. So you need to think long and hard about voting for Joe Biden because we're headed in that direction. And I don't know if people, and this just goes along the same lines of what we're talking about the vice president, who Trump is going to pick. Trump is only going to be in office for four years, and then the person who he chooses will be the president. And when you look around you and you look at our border, we now see that there are a lot of people from China, military age men that are coming here. And I don't think, Andrew, that people are letting that marinate in their head. Military age men are coming here. They're coming here from China, a large portion. So yeah, we China, need to be China careful. And, and the Middle East, there's a lot coming in from. Um, so Nikki Haley, uh, President Trump has came out, or at least Don Jr. has came out and said that President Trump will not be selecting her as vice president. Uh, do you think the ship has sailed on that? you think she's ruined any chance she had of President Trump considering her? Uh, certainly it has for me, but well, we know a lot of things are said in politics, and she does have a lot of money on hand. Uh, do you think President Trump would be desperate enough to ask Nikki Haley? Well, it's unfortunate that she has a lot of, a lot of money on hand. I don't want him to be desperate enough to pick Nikki Haley. I would say the ship has sailed. If Nikki Haley is chosen, it will be a disaster because she will not play the game the way it should be. I don't think that she would be the typical vice president. I think she would set up shop. She would contradict him at every angle. I think that she would probably try to evoke the 25th Amendment so that she could become the president. I mean, her rhetoric coming from her it's, it's tr to me, treasonous to the party. She's using the Democrat platform. She's using their talking points to attack Trump. It was one thing during the primaries earlier on, you know, and we had said, and people were saying that she and Ron DeSantis are being extremely careful and rightfully so. There are just certain things that you stay away from. And she should have stayed away from, well, Trump, his age, and he's just like Joe Biden or comparing him to Joe Biden because Andrew, I said this earlier on, when the election was stolen from Trump in 2020, we had people to come on the show, and they were saying, okay, the sh ship has sailed, Trump should just stay away because Trump is old, and think about how old Trump is going to be, and you had radio hosts talking about it, like, well, Trump, the, you know, he's, he's too old, the ship has sailed, and we've got to get someone young, and they just kept saying, I'm like, wait a minute, put the brakes on this. And you keep saying age, it's not about age, it's more so the cognitive ability. But there were so many people jumping on that and saying, well, Republicans, they've got to look at it because just like Joe, Trump is old. But I'm like, Joe is an old, old, old. There are a lot of people who are of age, but they're still functioning. Are we just going to take everyone who's 65 and older and put them out to pasture and say that they're no good? You look at some of our Fortune 500 companies and you look at who's leading them. There are men who are beyond 60 beyond 65. Look at Warren Buffett. I always go back to Warren Buffett. And Warren Buffett isn't hiding in a closet. I think he's in his, he's probably 89 or 90. And he's still out there making decisions. He just got ready to buy, I think, another company. So why are we trying to poo-poo on people's 
age as opposed to their cognitive ability. And because you can be young and still don't know what you're doing. You can be young and be challenged cognitively. So this whole thing with that, I'm like, come on, give it a break. But she just, that's now she's harping on it nonstop. And if it's not that, she's harping on, well, he's going to use all that money to pay for his legal expenses as opposed to coming out and saying, what's happening to Trump right now should not be happening. We all know that it should not be happening. If he were anyone else, this would not be happening. Look at what they're doing to the real estate industry. They're, in essence, just blowing it up by saying that you can't estimate the value of your property. I'm like, where are the real estate people to come out and denounce this? I went to journalism school, and we were always told that if a judge made some crazy decision, that everyone in the media would jump on top of them. But we don't see that. We see this whole thing with this judge, which he's done to Trump, and they're sitting back saying, oh, this is good. How's Trump going to get out of this? How is Trump going to get out of this? Let's see how he's going to get out of it. And then you have Nikki coming along, and she's putting more fuel to the fire with, oh, well, he's going to pay off all his legal bills. Okay, and legal bills that he shouldn't be having. This is what they're doing to the Republican Party to decimate us by taking away all of our money. So does she actually think that if she jumps in, that people are going to support her? No. I would then tell Ron DeSantis, Ron, get back into the race. By that, get back into the race. Because we will not vote for Nikki, because Nikki is nothing but a tool of the Democrat. Nikki is a true rhino in every fashion. I can't say that about Ron, but I can say it about Nikki Haley. She is a rhino. She was set us back to the old days of George Bush. We're moving forward. Nikki is a rhino. And that little speech she gave the other day, crying because her husband is in the military, it was fake. I didn't believe it. It was all conceived. I can't. I, I, I will not support her. I will <laughs> not support her. So if Trump doesn't make it, Ron DeSantis, step forward. Vivek, step forward. But as far as I'm concerned, Andrew, it is a no-go. That is a non-starter. Absolutely not. No Nikki. Never, ever, ever. Her career, to me, is finished and politics as far as seeking higher office unless she's going to come out and apologize for what she's done and even then i wouldn't trust her because she pulled the same thing when trump was in office when she attacked him on jan 6 and not having all the facts then she had to go to mar-a-lago for mia culpa i don't trust her she that's it can't and, and it's unfortunate because initially i thought wow this is a powerful woman but she made her bed. Now she has to lie on it. No, no way. No, never. I'm a never Nikki. Never Nikki. Never Nikki. Never Nikki.com. ran by a, a Rand Paul. If you guys want to check that out, uh, definitely. He is not a fan of hers. Uh, someone we've talked about in the past, we'll talk about more in the second half of the show, is Ron DeSantis. And uh, I remember we commented, we're a little disappointed that him and Trump haven't had more of a showing of uh, mending their fences and uh, coming together since Ron DeSantis dropped out. Um, I believe Ron DeSantis finally did go to South Carolina and make a campaign stop for Trump. However, uh, he still uh, doesn't seem totally in into uh, President Trump. Seems that his feelings are still hurt from the uh, presidential primary. So uh, I don't know if President Trump will consider Ron DeSantis. We'll talk about that more when we come back. You guys are tuned in to After Dark. 
with Rob and Andrew, which is available on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, or 6 p.m. on the West Coast. We'll be back with more After Dark with Rob and Andrew. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. You've all heard Dr. McCullough and others share over and over the value of keeping your sinuses cleansed. It's a smart move all year, but even more so when we're cooped up inside. It's not really open for debate any longer. Those that live smart and live well pay attention to nasal and oral hygiene. Cofix RX has just the tools for the job with our nasal and throat cleanse. Click the Cofix RX banner on AmericaOutloud.shop to get 20% off your entire order. That's right, AmericaOutloud.shop. Use coupon code OUTLOUD. That's coupon code OUTLOUD for 20% off your entire order. Use Cofix RX because it works. We're back here on After Dark with Robin Andrew discussing President Trump's possible vice president's elections. And before the break, I mentioned uh, Ron DeSantis, who a lot of people would have figured uh, was one of the favorites to be his vice president probably a couple of years ago. But uh, it was such a contentious and um, back and forth primary uh, between Trump and DeSantis, not really numbers wise, because Trump was leading big the entire time. But a lot of the attacks... Uh, certainly probably took its toll on Ron DeSantis, and he seems to be taking it personal, in my opinion, uh, because he is not all in on the Trump MAGA movement from what I'm seeing, which is a real shame because uh, speaking of 2028, you look at who we got, and I think Ron DeSantis would probably be one of the better choices for president at that point. I would have supported him most likely this year if President Trump was not in the race, but it just was not Ron DeSantis' time. Uh, we always said 2028 was. Hopefully he didn't damage his reputation uh, with this ill-advised run to where he won't even be viable in 2028. What are your thoughts on Ron DeSantis? Do you think uh, he's still a little butthurt about what uh, President Trump has said about him in the past? Well, I think he is. I think he took it personal. Nikki Haley claims that she doesn't take these types of things personal because she claims it's just a campaign. But how can you not take it personal when a person with more than sharp elbows are coming at you at every end? So I think he did. And it just shows you that he's not ready for prime time. And I called this out way back when, even before he was going to run after Trump, the election was stolen from him. 
we heard rumblings of, you know, oh, he will make a great candidate. And I was never in on Ron. And we talked, again, we talked about that in the show. And I just never, I, Andrew, I go back to the governor, first governor's race against Andrew Gillum. And I saw the way he performed. He seemed extremely timid during the debates. He didn't go after Gillum the way he should have. It was almost as if though he was afraid that had he unleashed the wrath of DeSantis, not that he has any, but had he done it, uh, people would have pushed back on him and said that he's attacking a black man. And that is a very powerful scare tactic uh, for a white person, I would imagine, that you, if you were to say something against a black person, you have this entire community plus liberal whites attacking you saying that you're a racist and how can you do it? But it's like, wait a minute, this is a campaign. You know, what, what are you talking about? So he can attack me and I can't attack him. And I think that Democrats are definitely, they definitely use that when it's a female, that you can't attack this female because she's a female. And if it's a black female, you definitely can't attack her because she's black and you will be categorized as attacking a black female, attacking black women. You saw they did the same thing with Fanny Fast, Fanny Willis, that if you question her, oh, no, you can't because you're attacking black women. And this is something else, as I've said, that Republicans have got to catch up on. They don't see, they don't see the optics. Okay. Yes, you should be able to say whatever you want to say about a person, okay? Because you're giving your commentary, you're entitled to that. But because the Democrats have been so successful in shaping the narrative as to when you say something and how you say it, that no matter what you say, if you say something against, uh, albeit true, a minority, it would be perceived as perceived as if though you're attacking them because of their color or their race or the gender. Because we decided not to go along that path. And in doing so, we sometimes will support that narrative and say, oh, well, yeah, you shouldn't have said that. And see, Trump doesn't care. He's going to come out. He's an equal opportunity person. And if you say something, he's going to come after you. But see, he's one that writes, but you have other Republicans who are afraid to do it. So going back to Ron, when Ron would attack Andrew Gillum, and when they were on stage, I thought, why is he looking so timid? Like, I got to choose my words carefully, because if I say the wrong thing, these people are going to be mad at me. And you cannot let that come into play. You have to say what you say and mean it. Because the moment you start looking as if though you're timid or you might say the wrong thing, then they're going to say, you see that? We knew it. He is a racist. Or he's a, you know, he's against this gender. And then you can't define, defend yourself. And then you'll stumble up and say something that you shouldn't say. So he could not defend himself. And had it not been for Trump, to come in and save him. And again, folks, we have to admit this. Donald Trump saved him during that first election. Had Donald Trump not come in, he wouldn't have won. But during the second election, he won by a landslide because he was running up against that knucklehead who was a former governor, and everyone knew he wasn't going to win. But people try to hang their hats on that and say, oh, well, well, look, he won the second election and he beat out the, the, the candidate who was going against him. And he was a he had been the governor of California, of Florida before. So, yeah, Ron is he's all powerful. And I'm like, you guys are missing it. And, and this is this is something else that Republicans miss. They don't read the voters well. They don't. Trump reads them well. I would like to think that I read them well, but they don't read voters good. They kept looking at, oh, he's good. Look at what he did in Florida. We should definitely have him. But I'm like, yeah, but he has a lot of deficits. He's not good during debates. He's horrible. The debate that he had with Gavin Newsom, when it opened up, 
Ron came out as being kind of timid, kind of shy. And then as it went on, he bested uh, uh, Newsom. And the only reason why that happened is because Newsom himself is a, a good debater. Okay, let's just be honest. Now, Sean Hannity was always saying, oh, Gavin Newsom, let's bring him on the show. And I had a lot of other folks on the, uh, on the right-wing t- uh, radio saying, oh, Gavin Newsom, he's good-looking, and he's this. I'm like, but can he debate? Okay, you guys are looking at the aesthetics. Can he debate? And yes, the aesthetics will take you far. Look at Bill Clinton. But Bill Clinton, too, wasn't, debating, wasn't up against anyone who could debate him. Ron DeSantis, when he gets comfortable, he's good, but he has to warm up. So to me, I knew, I'm like, okay, he's kind of timid right now, but as he warmed up, he bested Newsom. I'm like, hands down, he won that debate. But when you're debating, you don't have time to try to warm up. you got to hit that stage, knowing what you're going to say, and being sh- comfortable in your shoes, and maybe that's the problem. He's not comfortable in his shoes, albeit he likes to wear boots, I think, to give him a little, a little lift or so, but he's not comfortable. So I knew earlier on, I'm like, he would not make a great candidate for the party. Now, as far as him saying he wouldn't take that position, yeah, I don't think he's being humble. I, oh, I don't want that job. I, I would never want that job. And, and not only that, Andrew, they have now, the media has managed once again to reduce the role of a vice president as being a nothing job. Granted, you don't do a lot. You go out to different meetings. You're like the figurehead. When the president can't be there, you sign and you smile. But still, if the president cannot serve, the VP has to step up. We can't forget about that. So you just can't pick anyone. It has to be someone who can stand up and serve. That's pretty much the only reason I would consider picking uh, Ron DeSantis is because if he were – if you had to have someone step up with the way he's governed Florida, I think he'd be a great choice compared to uh, like Vivek, who I like more than Ron DeSantis, but the guy's got no experience and uh, we don't know uh, how he would handle certain situations because he's never had his feet under the fire. So uh, I think Ron DeSantis track record speaks for itself in Florida. It was a horrible, horrible campaign that he ran. Uh, he certainly did a lot of damage to his credibility, uh, and he's got to work on repairing that because right now his image is not good besides his little niche group of supporters that are still crying on social media that he dropped out of the race. Uh, but as far as having confidence in someone being able to take over for the job, uh, I think he would be one of the better choices President Trump can make just because he does have uh, experience governing a state like florida big state uh and he's undercome quite a bit of media attacks himself he's overcome quite a bit of media attacks but the only way i think that he would be successful is as the vp he goes up under trump's wings and he learns i think that during those four years he would build a tough exterior he does not have it now had he been the nominee i don't think he would have been able to withstand the attacks from the left, and they knew it also. All of these candidates, I'll, I'll say this, all these candidates that were running in the Democrat primary, that felt that, oh, I can do it, I, I can do this, but once the media focused the microscope on them, I personally don't think any of them would have been able to withstand the attacks that are coming now at Trump, possibly by Beck 
because he's good on his feet. He can talk and he'll, he, he's just as sharp as Trump. But I think eventually it might have weighed him down. I think that Trump is demonstrating to them, this is what you're going to be up against. And when you see Trump under those attacks, I mean, think about it. They're trying right now to steal his empire that he built. And you don't have anybody out there, for the most part, who's standing up and trying to defend him and say, this is wrong. No, you have your commentators that are saying it, but to aggressively say it, like Kevin O'Malley from the Shark Tank, it's like, this is wrong. This governor, I mean, this, uh, well, the governor included, but this judge is out of bound as, as well as the attorney general, Letitia James. They're completely wrong. They're completely reading the law wrong. We're saying it. Okay, but look at how small our voices are compared to other individuals. So do you do we actually think that any of these candidates would have been able to withstand that level of scrutiny and still get up, not look disheveled, still get up and I mean be on all cylinders like Trump has been during his campaign rallies, doing his speech at CPAC and all over to be able to do it? I don't know if I would be able to do it besides just sitting there groveling in my grief and saying, oh, my God, I built this and they could take it away simply because I'm running for the presidency, simply because not. Well, I take that back, not because I'm running for the presidency, but simply because I want to save America. And that's what we have to keep remembering. It's not that they're after Trump and they are. But they also don't want him to make America great again. And we see all around us that America is falling down. Look at the illegal aliens that are coming here, killing people. They're on our streets and they're being let out. And look at what happened just in uh, the other day when they found the Soho killer. Soho is a hotel here in New York, a high-end ho uh, hotel. And this illegal alien came here, killed a woman, went to Washington State. And now our Alvin Bragg wants to extradite him back to New York so that he can put him on trial. But the attorney general in Washington says, oh, no, we got this. Because if we extradite him back to you, you're going to more than likely let him off on the street. And then he's going to kill more people. And I said, it's about time someone stands up and says, no way. Now, the media isn't harping on that. They're not saying, well, she doesn't want to release him because she knows that Alvin Bragg, as incompetent as he is, will let this man back out on the streets. But she's not going to do it. And you know what else, Andrew? The woman who's making this decision, she was a person who, was, who represented Brett Kavanaugh during, the, during his, uh, what was it, the Supreme Court hearings. Because remember, they had to, what was her name, Christine Blasey Ford? They brought her in with her lies. So they had they used her to question her. So she now is the attorney general in Washington state. And she's saying, no way, we're not going to extradite him. And I said, hooray, that's a person that Trump should definitely have on his campaign. I mean, not his campaign, but in his cabinet when he starts to choose cabinet members. But see, we need people like that. But these are the things that people don't take into consideration when they're looking at, well, he should pick this person or that person. The level of scrutiny that you're under, the pressure, it's like a tinderbox and you can explode. And I just don't see Ron as having the ability to go under that scrutiny. Now, once Trump is in office, if he says, okay, I want you as a VP, he could learn it. But the position that Ron is taking right now, oh, I don't want that. Oh, that's nothing. Oh, that's, that's beneath me. Like I said, they're treating it as if though it's a job that is 
beneath a person as opposed to seeing it as, no, I can cut my teeth here. I can learn here. I can, you know, gain my footings here so that people will support me and be comfortable. Because if Trump only has four years, think about it, four years after that first year, people are going to start looking at who's going to succeed him. So he doesn't yeah, really have a lot it, of time. Yeah, that's why this vice president choice is important because it's really leading into 2028. Uh, with Ron DeSantis, uh, he made a huge strategical error just with not teaming up with Trump right at the beginning of this campaign. Uh, remember how, how high Ron DeSantis' poll numbers were before his abysmal campaign. He should have just teamed up with Trump right from the start, said, hey, I'm going to go campaigning with you. I'm going to work my butt off to make sure that you get reelected. Uh, please select me as vice president or put me in the running. And uh, if Ron DeSantis would have went that route and then uh, would be President Trump's vice president, he would have almost been a shoe-in for 2028. But instead, he decided to go for it in 2024, took very bad advice, and it could have ruined his political career because I'm not so sure uh, he'll be able to recover in 2028 and get the popularity that he once had back. Just what a massive mistake it was for him to even run in 2024. Well, yeah, we've said that about a lot of other candidates, uh, including Nikki Haley. After she told Trump that she wasn't going to run, then she decided to run. And then Ron DeSantis putting that huge distance between himself and Trump during COVID. And many people suspected that he was probably planning on running. And he kept saying, well, I'm not going to make a decision until after the Florida legislative session, and then I'll decide. But we knew what he was going to do. He got bad advice, as opposed to saying, it's not my turn. He Again, this goes to reading the voter. You have to read the voter. Yes, you were good in Florida. And even Floridians said, yeah, we like him, but we want to keep him as the governor. And see, I don't like it when people run for governor, knowing that, you know, I'm going to eventually use this to, you know, hopscotch to the presidency. No, complete your term. If you're good after your term, you'll still be good and you can move on. But you made a commitment yeah, to the people of your state. Stick with it so that they will see that you are committed as opposed to just hopscotching your way to higher office. Didn't Nikki Haley do that in South Carolina when she took the U.N. ambassador job? I believe she was governor at the time. She was no her term her term was up. She went into obscurity oh, okay. and it was because of Trump who elevated her. Now what she did do is she didn't complete her term as the ambassador because then she wanted to go out and make money. And see, that's something else. I'm okay with people making money. We are a capital society, capitalistic society, all for capitalism, but you had a job to complete and you should have completed it. But what she did is that she served one term, and then she went out and joined the boards of all these Fortune 500 companies, made a whole lot of money because her husband wasn't bringing in money. We have to be truthful here. Let's just speak the truth. A husband that they claimed that she had affairs on. And then she decided, okay, now I'm going to re-enter politics. These people have bad advisors. Now, just imagine, had Ronna McDaniel had all this on her radar and went in and counseled these individuals and said, look, Okay, we're up against a huge elephant here. We want to stick together so we can make certain that the person who runs again has the support of the party. But that didn't happen. They went into their own little individual silos, 
speaking to their own people who told them, it's your turn, Ron. You could do it. You did good in Florida. Never mind the fact that no one knows who he is outside of Florida. Never mind the fact that he struggled during his first governor's run. It's like, oh, I'm good. I did great during COVID. And everyone loves that. The same thing with Nikki Haley. Oh, I'm good. I was a great ambassador. People love me. But read the voters. The voters want done with Trump because we realized that he was cheated in 2020. And although people don't like to talk about it on the left or the right, the fact remains the same. Now that we're saying that he was cheated on, and Andrew, if we had a fair and honest media, they would report on it and say, this is the reason why people have come to this conclusion when you had judges interfering, making decisions about elections, and it wasn't their job. It is the job of the state legislatures. Plain and simple. Yeah, this isn't Newsmax. We'll tell you the election's stolen here. Uh, you guys are tuned into After Dark with Rob and Andrew. If you're looking for some great uh, cell health, Check out Healthy Cell, the leading innovator of nutritional supplements for cell health. You can go to HealthyCell.com or AmericaOutloud.shop. Check out the great products, read the reviews, make the decision for yourself, and save with the promo code OUTLOUD. So go to HealthyCell.com or you can find the affiliate link at AmericaOutloud.shop and you'll find tons of great products might just be what you're looking for. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrew. Expert opinions, honest debate, and in-depth investigations are what you've come to expect from AmericaOutloud.news. We don't shy away from speaking the truth boldly and plainly. All that's missing is the propaganda that has infected legacy and social media. Get the best of down and dirty, wholesome American speak. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. Gosh, Andrew, I can't believe we're in the third half of the show. I mean, we've really been having a uh, rather interesting conversation as to who Trump should pick as his vice president. And when we went to break, we were talking about Ron DeSantis and how many people saw him as being the candidate this year for presidency. And I, I never saw it because they felt that he was too timid, too shy, and too uncertain. And I saw that during the primaries this season, 
felt he was he wasn't certain. He just didn't. He, I don't know. He's just and some people aren't comfortable on a stage. They they, they want to choose their words. They I think they overthink it. Trump doesn't overthink it. He just says it the way he is. Uh, we look at Vivek. You had mentioned him uh, as a possible candidate. I don't see what Vivek would bring to the ticket. Yes, Vivek is young. Yes, Vivek isn't the old white man, but he doesn't have a pull such that middle America would vote for him. Now, I know that there are a lot of people that are there saying, oh, yeah, I like Vivek. I like him. But that's a small fraction considering the entire electorate that you're trying to bring in. And I don't think, think he that, has the gravitas to bring it in. Go ahead. Do you think that Trump's vice presidential selection matters as far as uh, getting President Trump elected? Because I don't yep. think it really matters a whole lot I think who he picks, in my I, opinion, because people right. are already people already have their mind up. They've lived through Joe Biden. They've lived through President Trump. Uh, I don't think they care about the vice president because you look at Kamala Harris. She's been abysmal. She does absolutely nothing nothing as you mentioned earlier in the show that position has been tainted it's more just like a spokesman person at this point uh i don't think it's going to make any impact whatsoever who president trump selects as far as his electability well you're right it has been tainted uh because of the democrats what they've done and and of course joe biden's pick he just picked her because she's a black woman and uh, a black woman who made it made her way to the top on her back and we have to we have to put that in there Kamala Harris would not be where she is right now if she wasn't on her back with Willie Brown, the former mayor of San Francisco. She had no politics in her career. It was not in her future. But because of that, that elevated her. And that's how she became the district of attorney in California, thanks to Willie Brown. So the media won't talk about it, but we are going to talk about it. And no, it's not looking at a woman's sex life, but we know that you guys look at men's sex lives all the time. So what's fair for the goose is good for the gander. Now, going back to you're saying, does it really matter? Well, it doesn't matter as much as people that are going to vote for Trump. They're locked in. That's it. That's a done deal. Here's where it matters. The undecided voters. And I don't like them, but we have to think about them. Those independents and unfortunately, the suburban moms who are completely oblivious that if they don't get their act together, you will have illegal aliens like the one who more than likely raped and killed that nursing student in Florida. If you don't get your act together, this is coming to your neighborhood. If you continue to vote for Democrats who are okay with this level of criminal activity, this is coming to your neighborhood. Yes, I'm trying to scare you because I'm trying to wake you up. A vote for Joe is a vote for death. A vote for Joe is a vote to be raped. A vote for Joe is a vote for your sons and daughters to join gangs. A vote for Joe is an invitation for your sons and daughters to be hooked on fentanyl. Okay? You need to wake up. You got to stop looking at Trump. And he said this and he's that because many of you, if you were to put a microscope on your life, we would see that you're not Mary Mary White Contreras. Okay? Let's just be honest here because too many people, Andrew, in my opinion, are suffering from delusions of grandeur. They want to think that I have a white little picket fence and I'm really innocent and I'm this. But when you look a closer observation, you'll see that you're not all that in a bag of chips. So again, a vote for Joe is a vote for criminal activity, a vote for people to be raped, a vote for people to be killed, a vote for your neighborhoods to go down the tubes. Plain and simple. Okay. Uh, so where does it send matter? Send your kids to war. Uh, or to bingo, send your kids to war because that will happen. Okay. Your kids will be learning Chinese. Let's just be honest here. So in that aspect, it does matter because again, 
Trump is yeah, Trump would only be president for four years. After the first year, they're going to start looking at who's going to succeed him. Okay, and the person who's in second in command is in good shape to do it. So when I hear the likes of Ron DeSantis say, oh, I'm not going to take that position, or Nikki Haley, I'm not running for VP. I get it. You're not running for VP. You want to be the president, but, you know, it's not going to happen. There's not a path for you, okay? And even if they were to take Trump out, hopefully not, with all with what they're doing, they were to take him out illegally. If, if, if Trump does not – if Trump is – let's put it this way. If Trump is taken out of the race and he's no longer the front runner, he's no longer the presumptive nominee, if he's no longer the nominee, we can all rest assured that this country has fallen and we have become like Russia and China. There is no in-between. The only thing that's left is for Joe to order the hit on Trump. Okay, let's just be honest here. Let's just accept the facts. The media won't tell you this, but after dark with Robin Andrew, we're going to tell you that if they remove Trump from running in this race, give it up. Okay, give it up because they have now succeeded. The only thing left for them to do is to assassinate Trump. And remember, they were talking about that earlier on. And someone is probably thinking, oh, my God, how can you say that? Well, they say it all the time about Barack Obama. we got to protect him because someone might assassinate him. If they take Trump out of this, the United States has become a second Russia. Because the next thing will happen is that Joe Biden, in essence, with some of the things he's saying, along with the media, the propaganda arm of the Democrat Party, is saying it is fair game. We must now assassinate him. We must remove the threat to the Democrats. We must remove the threat so that we can get to the White House. That's it. That is a harsh reality. Full stop. If Trump does not make it, they have succeeded in taking down American politics. They now want to assassinate him. And you can forget about the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court will be rendered useless, which is what this is, which is why they have been attacking the Supreme Court. If the judges on the Supreme Court does not stand up and rule in Trump's favor on Colorado, if they don't stand up, and rule on uh, what was it? The other thing that they're looking at, uh, whether or not Trump has immunity, being uh, as the president, then we can forget it because the Supreme Court has become has been reduced to another operative of the Democrat Party. Because in both of those rulings, it should be ruled in favor not of Trump, but for the American people, for the Constitution. So to be clear, in Colorado, they're trying to remove him from the ballot. All of the Supreme Court judges should rule that you cannot do this per the Constitution. As far as immunity, they should do the same thing per the Constitution. He has it. Because if you say that he doesn't have it, then we should be able to go after Joe Biden for allowing in all of the illegals in our country, for allowing us to be succumbed by foreign invaders. We should be able to go after Joe Biden for trying to give our taxpayer dollars to American citizens to pay after to pay off their debt. A second term of Joe Biden would be an absolute nightmare. I mean, he would really push through all this progressive crap that people don't want uh, that he doesn't want to introduce right now because it'll make him lose the election by even more points. Uh, this guy, Biden, obviously, he's not competent to go another four years. 
But like we said, it could be the end of America as we know it if we get Joe Biden in another term. Uh, this guy is going to go with some of the most radical policies we've seen uh, here in the state of Illinois. We just got announced huge tax increases and 182 million dollars of it is going to illegal immigrants uh you don't think this is going to happen countrywide joe biden gets back in taxes are going to skyrocket to take care of these illegals just wait and see and uh this is the reality we're facing if we don't get president trump back in the white house uh it is just all hands on deck. We need President Trump back in 2024 to save this great country. Uh, it is definitely hurting America is right now with Joe Biden as president. We're bleeding. And if Joe Biden is allowed to get another four years, that's it. As I said, from the, the opening of the show, if Joe Biden gets in, we have succumbed to our worst fears. Because next up is to assassinate Trump, to destroy all of our institutions. China will move in. All these other countries will move in. And that's it. And that is what Barack Obama wanted when he was in office. He wanted to reduce our presence on the world stage. And you had other people saying the same thing. Well, why, why is it America has to? And why can't someone else? Because America, with all its faults, we did rise to the occasion with democracy and we did try to make certain that there was a rule of law and that people were taken care of and that big bullies out there didn't try to dominate small countries. We did try it. And we didn't always get it right with the wars, with the Vietnam War, okay, with Iraq. We didn't always get it right and with Afghanistan, but we did try. You look at World War I, World War II, we tried our best. But now... It's like we're just going to give in. And why? Well, because of slavery, because you did this. But again, I submit to you, every country in the world did this. Every country. You look at Muslims. You go to Italy right now. You go to Spain. And you will see a lot of mosques that were there because it was during the conquistador period that they went in and they were taking over. It's just unfortunate that with Christianity, it was a powerful movement and they were able to come here and it spread like wildfire. But you can't say, oh, well, that's wrong and that's evil when you had another group doing the same thing earlier on in our history. And you got people like Barack Obama and Joe Biden who wants you to forget that? That's the reason why they want to change history. So if Joe Biden is successful with this, it's for naught. We've just messed up. We've just given up. And the country just completely implodes. And what's interesting, Andrew, is that this is not happening from the outside yet. It's happening from within. So we fall from within, and then the outside can just walk in and just take over. And that is the reason why who Trump chooses is so important. And that is a reason why you would think that Nikki Haley and Ron would say, wait a minute, well, especially Nikki right now, since she's creating this, this friction, she would say, wait, but all I need to do is just step aside because if I become the VP, I'm in a good position to launch my bid for 2028. Now, when you hear them talking, you hear Ron saying, oh, well, I'm looking for 2028. And you have others saying this exact." The exact same thing. And it makes you wonder, like, but wait, if Trump gets it, whoever he picks, 
all attention is going to be on that person if he picks the right candidate. So if we plan on keeping the White House for an additional four more years, that person has to be groomed and be strong enough so that people will say, wait a minute, we want this person. This person has what it takes. But see, they're not thinking. They're thinking for their own selfish reasons. Oh, I'm going to 2028. It's like, yeah, but if, what if Trump chooses, uh, what was her name? Uh, and in my opinion, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, strong candidate. Do you actually think you're going to have a chance against her, Ron? Do you actually think that you would be able to debate her because you're going to be timid, thinking, well, I want to attack a woman, even Christy Nome? Do you actually think that you would be able to debate any of them? So whoever he picks, I'm hoping that that person has enough gravitas that we will look and say, this is the person we want. Wow. This person is ready to take over because that person, in my opinion, Andrew, in essence, will be, for all intents and purposes, the next president. And people will view that person as a president. And everything that Trump does, every decision that Trump makes, the media and everyone else will say, will this person be able to continue it? Because this person is the next president. That person will have to work side by side with Trump. Can't be Nikki. I don't care how many times people say, well, Trump has got to swallow his pride. And he's got to do this and he's, because he's going to help get the women voted. No, a lot of women don't like her. They don't like Nikki. So Nikki is off the table. And if he picks her, I'm going to be very disappointed. Now, I'm going to still vote for the ticket. But that's not to say that I will not vote for another candidate, Republican candidate, that runs against her in 2028. Her ship has sailed. She has created too much damage to the party, as opposed to trying to bring it together. And that's what Republicans are good at, creating damage, frisions within the party, as opposed to try to bring us together. At this point in time, you would think that would be happening. You would think the message would be solidarity. We have a tough election that's coming. Democrats are going to fight like nothing else to hold on to that power. But we still don't see it. I don't know, Andrew, what it's going to take for Republicans to realize that this is not the election of previous years. We're up against a mighty, a, a mighty force that intends on strangling and destroying the party. As I said, if Trump is taken out, and I mean this and I do believe it, if he is removed from being the front runner, removed from representing the Republicans, that's it. It's over. Yeah, this is going to be an uphill battle. The Democrats have way more money because of the pathetic job that Ronna McDaniel did. Uh, Republicans don't have a very big war chest right now, especially in comparison to the Democrats uh, with a, a candidate that's already president going to be running again. So, the money issues uh, could certainly be a factor coming into 2024. Uh, President Trump is being forced to spend a lot of money on his court cases. That's what Nikki Haley keeps attacking Trump for. But like I said, uh, the American people, we just need to step up, have all hands on deck supporting President Trump. And uh, let's make it a grassroots campaign if we have to. Uh, whatever we got to do, we got to help President Trump any way possible. We've got to help him any way possible because they are determined, they being the Democrats, to tear him down. And Andrew, speaking about the who Trump is going to pick, we also got to realize that the moment he makes that announcement that says this will be the VP, 
the media is going to go after that person and it's going to attack that person. We'll have that person under a microscope because they will know that this person will possibly be the candidate in 2028. I mean, we have to look long term. We got to look, wait a minute, what strong candidate can we pick? And like I said, by Beck, I like him, but I don't think it's his turn. I don't think that there is enough groundswell within the Republican Party or outside for independents to stand behind him for him to bring people over. Yes, he's a minority, but any... what other minority is going to pick him or support so him? So who would you who would you pick if you had to right now? Uh, I, I would say Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And I think that she could be in her own way kind of polarizing. But from looking at the list, yeah, I would say that it would have to be Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I know a lot of people were saying Christy Nome. I don't, and she's a great governor, but I don't know if she has the force of a Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and Sarah Huckabee Sanders' force could go against her. But we remember seeing her when she was a White House press secretary, and she was on point. She was forceful. She's styled. She's groomed. I could see her, and I think that she could withstand the attacks of the media. Right. Yeah, she's already proved. Proven that she can. I mean, when she was press secretary, they came after her uh, very harshly, and she always handled it with class and uh, came out on top. Yeah, uh, in review, I'd say President Trump, you know, he's got a handful of top choices. I'd say the top choices would probably be uh, Vivek, certainly keeps getting brought up, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, um, who knows about Governor DeSantis, we discussed him. Uh, I think Nikki Haley, it's safe to say she's out. Uh, I, it, Whoever he picks, it's going to be a very important decision. Uh, a lot of the names that we've discussed outside of like Nikki Haley, um, I see potential in a lot of them. Uh, Vivek, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, they've all got their own strengths. So it'll be interesting to see what direction President Trump decides to go in. Uh, in this very crucial 2024 election, and as we said, leading into 2028. We are all out of time tonight, guys. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh show flew right by. We'll see you guys next time. We're listening to After Dark with Robin Andrew, which is available on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, or 6 p.m. on the West Coast. If you've got an Amazon Alexa, just tell her, say, hey, play America Out Loud Talk Radio. She will play it. Uh, so many ways to listen. Thank you all for tuning in once again. We'll see you guys next time. And remember, stand for something or fall for nothing. 